Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, joined by my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius, and, not like always, but like sometimes for sure, joined by friend of the show, Paul Yoder. Christian and Paul, it is a, a delight to see you both. How how are we feeling out there? Christian, I'll ask you first. You're you're the regular co-host of this podcast. We'll, we'll play the seniority card. How's it going? <laughs> Right, right, right. Because I'm frequently trying to use that card on you. And, you you and do you trying, use that. Yes, near the yeah, senior card. Yeah. The senior card, yes. This this is true. So old that you need to stop. But the <laughs> uh, I'm tired I, all the time, and I'm sweating because we need to record in a really hot room because we don't have proper like recording equipment. Mm, it's true. <laughs> I intentionally changed into shorts before coming over here. You need a visual listener. <laughs> That's why I'm here, uh, stark naked. Uh, just yeah, just 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 yeah. here. That's right. If we uh, if we get enough subscribers to our Twitter account, we'll put the we'll picture. We'll put the online. video feed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't want to know where you'd put that online. All right. Well, well aside no, from no, no, no. It's it's like we we have the what's it, a Patreon? Yeah, let's get a Patreon. We'll That's put it on right. There. Yeah, That's we'll, right. We'll get, we'll get a fifteen dollar tier. And I just don't see any of that money. Or an OnlyFans, um, honestly. Right. Whichever. Okay. All right. So how am I doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Thanks in for that, having me. In that nice V-neck shirt and jeans that you're wearing. Yes. Stop yeah. lying, Scott. Yeah, you're breaking the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, gentlemen, it is good to be here, and folks, uh, I know that normal episodes of the Cinema Drip podcast are not exactly scholarly in their analysis. We take our reviews seriously, but this is definitely going to be more of a leisurely episode as we get to take a look at two of the more fun movies, in my opinion, in the Nicolas Cage repertoire, which is are, I should say, National Treasure and National Treasure Book of Secrets. Two of the most financially successful movies he's ever made. Two of the movies that he made at the peak of his A-list stardom in the mid-2000s. And movies that are honestly, for me, as a 26-year-old person, some of the first Nick Cage touch points I ever had. So I'm really excited to talk about these movies, for better and for worse. But uh, Paul, I'll ask you first. Do you have any connection to these movies? Were you a fan as well in our younger days? Or where are you with them? And Nicolas Cage, too, since... We haven't had you on this month. Right, yeah. So uh, I, I saw both of these in theaters. I want to say opening weekend. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, this is, this is the uh, type of person that every, like, history buff wants to be. Um, is just, uh, just, just, just yanked out of, like, the very typical, like, boring life of, um, I don't know, just monotonous, like, scholarship that, like, history buffing actually is. And, like, forced into, like, uh, yeah, just life-or-death circumstances that require you to know facts about, like, the Founding Fathers. It's (laughs) like, oh, this is what I was made for, and... There it is. So you can definitely a, tell the the writers of these movies are just big history fans, and they're like, "How do we work this fun fact into our script? What if I could use this to get chicks and it's like, <laughs> and like get rich? And it's like, and it's it's a uh, it, it truly is a national treasure. Oh, uh, look don't at like that. that. It really? <laughs> no, my better one was, uh, of course, these movies are national treasures, but what are they called? Okay, it was it was a it was a long walk. All right, okay, all right, yeah. But that's my history with these. Uh, just I I loved them when they came out. I I have uh, seen them many times since. 
Um, and I, you know, it's, it's they're what, on repeat in his apartment. Yeah, he goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. first steal, the, he wakes up to the president being kidnapped. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Don't want to have sweet, sweet dreams of stealing the Declaration of Independence, Indeed. you know? Indeed. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, but, but for real, like, I don't know when I was, when I was, uh, you know, of a certain age, like not looking like too critically at movies and stuff like these are just fun. Like it's uh, like like you yes. know it's it's that return to like a a childhood like whimsy of like I'm not gonna think too hard about this like let's just go follow these people so oh as yeah. much as Star Wars Episode Two is not a great movie when all of the lightsabers are in the Coliseum yeah I'm like yes this is oh yeah <laughs> this is peak of movies yeah I want the toys I want the you know I yes. want the I don't know it's, that's it's a very good touch point Christian and mm-hmm. I've seen some people on social media making the joke that. When the prequels first came out, of course, they were reviled for the most part. And then five to ten years later, the first people came out of the woodwork starting to defend them. And now, these days, pretty much anybody in our generation, like, maybe not everybody, but younger millennials or even older Gen Z, just love the prequels. And I I can say, I'm not a huge... I, I don't prefer them to the original movies, but I... I can't help myself when Revenge of the Sith is on, man. I'm just completely yeah. in for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that, like, the the people who, like, those movies were, like, kind of made for, like, grew up and, like, became, like, able to review movies, you know? <laughs> Which is, like, I mean, if you, lo- if you look at uh, National Treasures on, like, IMDb or whatever, they're not especially, like, popular with, like, critics or, you know, fans at the time. Uh, but, like, as, as, like, you know, kids grew up and stuff, like, this became a meme. This became like just, but, but, yeah. but I I've okay. <clears throat> this was a big deal when I was a child, yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah. But for some yeah. reason, I was invited to a friend's. I don't know if it was his birthday party or whatever, and he just put on National Treasure, and I'm sure. like, yes, like why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's read a look at facts about. <laughs> and, it, and it maybe says something depends. about the uh, the American history in these movies, in that children and preteens yeah we are the target demographic for the history right movies right because because the history is like not it's not especially like clear-eyed it is like it is the kind of like history that you want to learn when you're in third grade and like you know i mean and and the the same is like kind of true of like hamilton nowadays you know or and other things where it's like a, a critical eye would look at that and be like, uh, no, like that is like that, that, that is like a shell of history around like, you know, something completely different. Uh, but just, you know, when, when you don't know better, it's like great. And it's like really exciting and like patriotic and like a Hamilton's a lot about like presenting facts that people probably don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's about the packaging. It's not about the substance. And I, I, I do believe Hamilton has substance to it. Yeah. Oh, totally. But yeah. it, it, it's very much so a, um, you're, you're in it for the ride. Not mm-hmm. necessarily. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. To discover something new. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was fun being a, a white college boy when Hamilton came out and a musical theater fan. So, of course, yeah. I get super into Hamilton, and I even resisted it for a while. I was like, nah, I don't really know. And then a couple months into Hamilton Mania, I was like, oh, this music is amazing. And yeah. When it dropped on Disney Plus a few years later, we, you know, we watched it opening weekend or whatever. And then you start to engage with the critical opinion around Hamilton. <laughs> you say, oh, there are some very real and serious critiques of this material. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can say that about National Treasure also. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely yeah. can. It's and that's why very I kind to American yes. history. Yes. 
Why? <laughs> well, because because according to this movie, like America was like uh, designed by like these super geniuses who like just wanted to protect these treasures from like tyranny and like yes. you know and and were yes. you know guarding like ancient American treasures like for their own good. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, and yeah. Britain supported slavery. Yeah, apparently. yeah, totally. Yeah. Pro Confederate states and, of America. And because because here's 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 there there are two ways of looking at like historical uh, you know centered movies or whatever. There's one um, there's one school in which like accuracy is king, and it's like you know the uh, you know if you get the wrong amount of buttons on on somebody's shirt or whatever, like that's unforgivable, right? Robert there's, Eggers will be twitching yeah. in the crowd. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like and the the other school is that like these uh these sorts of movies are like a, a kind of like the sugar to help the medicine go down right these are these are the first tastes you get of there being like this bigger wider story out there and they're very like uh you know movies of that ilk are like more like saccharine and like uh are more uh pleasurable upon first contact and then by that first pleasurable contact, you are, like, led into, like, oh, let me learn more about this. Let me, like, you know, find uh, the actual truth behind this thing. And, like, both... I've, I've seen, you know, incredible, like, history done through both uh, avenues. So, I... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, I don't know how I would personally approach it. But, like, <laughs> I, I'm glad these movies exist. I don't know. Absolutely. So, let's go ahead and just throw out some of the important key players here, of course... We're wrapping up the Age of Cage on the Cinema Drip podcast, looking at some of the greatest hits of Nick Cage's career. So, of course, you know, he stars here as Benjamin Franklin Gates, mm. an incredibly named protagonist. Subtle. Yeah. <laughs> and as he goes on at adventures to search out and discover lost treasures, lost golden cities, <laughs> etc., and spreading the good word of the American <laughs> experiment mm-hmm. to yes. all who he comes into contact with, of course, co-starring here are Diane Kruger, who plays mm-hmm. Abigail Chase, his love interest and another professor of American history, and Justin Bartha, a pre-hangover Justin Bartha, as Riley mm-hmm. Poole, his, basically his man in the chair, his tech guy who gets dragged into all these missions. And there are a few more, you know, other casts of characters we'll get to, including the villains and some of the other key Key figures I love that Harvey Keitel is in these movies. Harvey oh, Keitel so is in both of these movies yeah. as Sadusky, yeah. an FBI agent. Of course, these movies are both directed by John Turtletob, and, and we should say, too, these are Disney movies. So mm-hmm. the whole tone of the movie is very Disney-fied, which, again, not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And Turtletob is a consistent director for Disney, and, of course, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, which I think would be interesting to talk about. Ruckheimer, obviously one of the most financially successful producers of the last 30 years or so, but very big in American blockbuster filmmaking. We also have the screenwriters here with Jim Koof writing the first movie and the Wibberleys who wrote with him for the first National Treasure and in Book of Secrets, they wrote it solely. So that would be Cormac and Marianne Wibberley, which I just got to say... Cormac and Marianne Wibberley? Like, come on. These people were made to have Wikipedia articles. They were made to be made fun of in school, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. poor poor Cormac Wibberley. That that poor guy. He, he unfortunately sounds like he's 182 years old, but he's in oh. fact only 62. Hmm? Right. You know? What can you do? Sure, Cormac Wibberley. 
these movies, of course, were were quite successful at the mm. box office. And like I said, I figured to be two of Cage's most financially successful movies. The first one pulling in almost three hundred and fifty million at the global box office, and the second one pulling in over four hundred and fifty million. I believe I'm pulling up the page to check, but. I'm surprised at that point that the National Treasure franchise has kind of stalled out after these two, partially because they've been so successful, so much money, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. over $800 million yeah. from two movies. And so yeah. there is a future coming up for this franchise that we'll get to, but it is kind of funny that we only yeah. have these two movies to discuss here right now in, in May of 2022. So anything else we want to get to in terms of just key facts or figures before we start talking a little more in depth about these movies yeah i'm surprised that that used to be a lot of money for a movie to make um that's... right now it is yeah uh, I mean, right yeah, 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 is. right right yeah it's it's just yeah it's it's uh and you know the the thing about that like being like it does this movie have like that was what i was wondering this time i was watching around is like does this movie have the kind of like marvel like global reach you know uh can anybody pick this up or is this specifically like in american or anyone can pick this up yeah i I, I don't believe yeah yeah that's that's fair that's totally fair especially in the second one when they try to go international (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) he's like oh i love the french too and they're like we love you benjamin gates Uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, yes, of course. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk a little more closely about these movies. Of course, they are just rollicking good times. They're adventure movies at, at center. Of course, we have an intrepid hero, his, his beautiful love interest, and his nerdy friend going in search of lost treasures. The first movie, of course, follows him as he searches for a lost Templar treasure that has been ferried from place to place throughout history as it grows and expands. Aren't the Knights of the Templar bad? Yeah. Uh, it's complicated. They were Crusaders, uh, so that's no, but not... but weren't oh. they a subset of Crusaders? Yes, they were. So, uh, long long story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could get into it, but yeah, this, this movie is definitely pretty kind to uh, the Templars as well. Of course. Um, but they Trying have... to protect these artifacts. Yeah, from... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from evildoers yes. and ne'er do wells. Yes, so from non European. The non Christians. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Gates, of course, comes from a, a line mm-hmm. of treasure hunters and historians, and he is seeking to legitimize his family's long history of searching for the Templar treasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last person we should probably mention as we get into these movies is John Voight, who plays his mm. father, Patrick Gates, who is a little bit of a non-believer. Academy Award winning John Voight. Academy Award winner John Voight. Alongside Academy Award winner <laughs> Nicholas Gates. And, of course, who is uh, who's Mama Gates. She doesn't yeah. show up until the second movie, but it's Helen Mirren. Academy yes. Award winning actress <laughs> Helen Mirren. A lot of Oscars bouncing around these movies. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the villain for this movie, because we actually start, is it in, where does the movie start? I'm already forgetting, is it Antarctica? <laughs> right, yeah, so, so the, so the first movie starts with, like, you know, uh, him as a child, like, being exposed to the, you know, right. uh, family secret of, uh, just, 
Yeah. We should well, mention. Grandfather yes. played by Oscar winning actor Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I know. Well, for one scene. <laughs> that is that is like, I mean, that's apparently like a qualification to get into the Gates family is of like course. being, you know, a critically acclaimed actor. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so it begins with it begins with him up in the attic, like learning about the secret hard cut to Antarctica. Um, and Where? yeah, and they find this boat, they blow it up. Uh, How did they find the boat? This is what I, they never, and, and like good for them for not trying to explain it. But they just, they have this little machine, and it tells them that the boat is nearby. Yeah, well, well Riley Poole uh, gives this, like, oh, uh, you know, this 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 dumb British man asks him, like, how are we finding it or whatever. He's like, oh, it's probably uh, because, uh, you know, it, it might have something to do with, like, uh, the ice flow shifting or whatever. But right, he goes into the science of it all. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and, and I don't know, man. The, the British people get uh, poorly done by in this. They do, uh, and in both movies, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm because they're evil. They're right. after the treasure. British, yes, they're right. after the treasure again. Um, yes. Yeah. We yeah. should say now the bad guys in this first movie are a British crew of. I mean, mm. are they treasure hunters too, or what? Do you, maybe that's what you call them. But yeah, Sean Beams. Beams. Yeah, Sean Beams leads the way. Yeah. As oh my gosh, I'm already forgetting Sean Bean's name. But right, he's yeah. he's the <clears throat> the head honcho for this crew of treasure hunters who he's enlisted Benjamin Gates to find the treasure. Ian, that's mm. who Sean Bean is. Yeah. And of yeah. course, something goes awry and. Ian double crosses Ben and Riley, leaves them. He does to not die. double cross them. Mm. He tells Nicholas Cage's character, he tells Ben, we should steal the Declaration of Independence. And he says, That's crazy. <laughs> That's, That's right. Wrong. We shouldn't do that. That's yeah. wrong. And he goes, Look, you don't need to worry about anything. I have a background doing mm. criminal stuff. I have yeah. a background doing criminal stuff. Yeah. 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 Side of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then and then it's like, no. And he's like, all right. Time Good. to die. Time to yeah. die. Yeah, Meanwhile, totally. yeah. if you're like nine-year-old Scott who saw the commercial for this movie where mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage explicitly says, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's like, oh, you're wow. You're not surprised. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what's coming up. Yeah. Well, and I, what I like about this movie is that, um, and what I like about both movies is that um, the, like, you know, quote-unquote good guys are, like, being forced into... Uh, these kind of like Robin Hood situations where it's like we must do uh, what is like wrong or like societally yes. like frowned upon yes. uh, in order to do good, you right. know. And 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 it's just wonderful because like they get to do all these crazy illegal things and like totally get away with it. Um, and like a, the government right. like thanks them, like thank right. you for uh, you know making movie. fun of the queen or whatever, yes. you know. There is yeah. this. There is a basically a section of each movie that becomes a heist movie mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with yeah. Ben and Riley pan, Riley handling the technological side, the hacking of it all and Ben being the man who's actually doing the heisting mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's honestly a kind of fun aspect of these movies because it's it's sort of like Baby's first heist movie sandwiched in between all of the national treasure hunting Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's not as sophisticated as like Ocean's Eleven or the other great heist Ocean's movies. Ocean's Eleven is not that sophisticated. You're the yeah, only person yeah. <laughs> on, No, 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 that's, that's, that's not that's, a, that's, yeah. a yes I yeah. do dis, well I don't dislike the movie I just don't think it's great Yeah, but it's, I, 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 it's not, it's, it, it's supposed to be like a hangout-ish, yeah. like uh, like we'll, we'll talk good fun. vibes. Yeah, it's a good vibes movie, and this is also like a good vibes yeah. movie. And, and yeah. to that point, then it's not even as sophisticated as Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yes. But yes. It, it is fun the way that they play with that heisting subgenre as they are having fun looking for treasure and going on globe trotting adventures. So yeah. they course, don't globe trot in the first one. They they they, they America trots. They, they America, America well, they, and they and they go to Antarctica and, <laughs> and yeah, true, I, true true which true. belongs to America. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, continue. <laughs> so, of course, we, we have to journey back now to Washington, D.C. to figure mm. out what's going on and, and how we can find this Templar treasure, which I love, too, that so much of this is caught up in Nick Cage trying to, like, clear his family's name as being mm. right about this thing. Yeah. Because yeah. something else that both National Treasure movies play with that figures into American blockbusters pretty commonly, mm. which I think is funny, but is conspiracy theories. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thought. Yeah. That if Benjamin Gates was a real person, he would not be a treasure <clears throat> hunter or explorer. Or oh, he'd like be a, on History Channel. He would be on History yeah, Channel. Yeah, yes, he would yeah. have some crazy show he'd be the on the History guy. Channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, I and like it is. It is funny because like the movie definitely like plays with that. It's like uh, people people sort of treat him like a harmless kook, you know. Yeah. Uh, where like again, that that's sort of changed nowadays. Like you know, there's there there have been uh, events that have uh, transformed Indeed. like. I don't know. Yeah, uh, people from like having their theories to like wanting to act upon those theories right. in order to like defeat evil. You it, know, it used to yeah. be that conspiracy theorists were like really, really weird people who insisted mm. they were abducted and experimented on by aliens. Yeah, and we wouldn't like, like kill huh. anybody over it. Right. Yeah. Or you just like you thought that Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley were still alive, mm -hmm. and yeah. that was the extent of your conspiracy theorizing. Totally, totally harmless. Those honestly. two worlds are starting to cross yes. over more and more these days. Yeah. But yeah. there's there's definitely it's some not Elvis. He's alive. He's not a couple months ago. Oh, that's yeah. right. How, yeah. how could I forget Christian? That movie about his life that definitely featured him. I've seen Bubba Hotep. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, again, just so, some playful blockbuster style but conspiracy is, going on in these it, movies. It's, which is it's pretty not fun. just about the conspiracy theory, though. Both of these movies are about it. it it's not just. Yeah, I have an idea no one else believes in. It's that th my family legacy is tied into this yeah. idea. Yeah. And to protect my family specifically, mm -hmm. I have to solve this. Cause it, it, and th this idea of honor being tied in and him talking about with his father about what it means to actually go for it or waste your life or yeah. how much should that tie into the entire second movie is entirely about clearing your family's name. Which he apparently needs to do multiple times. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, there's some problematic information introduced at the beginning of the second movie. Which... Yeah, it's like your father like killed Abraham Lincoln. Like, was the mastermind behind like you know uh, trying to help the Confederates win the war or whatever. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's it's a you know, but it's if he was yeah. a white dude in the South in America during those times, like maybe. Which yeah, <laughs> which, total yeah. The second yeah. You know, the first movie starts off with this this old timey story. Christopher Plummer getting to go into this monologue with a, mm. a young actor probably on set for an mm. afternoon it mm. was perfectly fine yeah the second movie starts with a historical sequence that involves the assassination of abraham lincoln yeah yeah <laughs> and like it's it, well it's quite it's, wild well i mean we all know that the the war was only about states rights so i don't uh, know of what course. we're going on about yes um, of course. but um so the uh yeah i i think i think that that is a really good um there's there's something about like Bruckheimer productions that like had a like the the, the scripts were like tight in a way that I can't really describe. They were uh, they were they no they were they were, <laughs> were they? Yeah. well I, I, the I'm first not, one yes yes yeah and so what I what I'm saying is that like there there are like things that are like dropped in the beginning that are picked up at the end. There are things that like you know where where uh, a a lesser movie or like a more you know. Modern movie is like event leads to event, event leads to event. Where um, this one is like sandwiching events between like story beats that like tie together in a really interesting no, way. But that's so, why National yeah. Treasure is a lesser movie. I mean, two National Treasure right. two is a lesser movie yeah, 
I would agree. Yeah. The first one is centered around the Declaration of Independence <laughs> about this map about the Knights Templar or whatever. Yeah. The second one, they are unsure really of what it is that yeah. they to go to because yeah. they are traveling to they have a random civil war note, then they travel to mm. France where they need a drone find something yeah, yeah and then they have to travel to buckingham palace and then they need to come back to the u.s to kidnap the, the president kidnap yeah. the president yeah and then they need to go to mount rushmore which is actually hiding a golden city underneath yes so yeah. it's like that is the lesser part yeah. there's no if yeah. it were like the an entire thing of kidnapping the president mm-hmm. sure fine yeah but it it's now there are good moments in the second movie. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, the yeah. point where we get these, the, the mirroring of from evolving from I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence to I'm going to kidnap the President of the United yeah, States yeah, just yeah. gets me giddy. There is, yeah, and, and that's... <laughs> in terms yeah, of sheer insanity. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing about sequels, right? Is like the first movie is like setting up like it's this very carefully bookended like... Here's here's the beginning and here's the end and that's like a full story where a sequel is trying to like take that full story where the characters have been completed in some way and be like oh actually more stuff happens like we have this other like there's you know, no reason for yeah. the second movie to be well, a movie right except that it's awesome and so like and it's gonna make yeah, 450 exactly. million dollars yes, that is the reason for it to exist Which, and so fine yeah fine, yeah fine, fine, fine. yeah the um I will say the character I appreciate the most. Is Riley it has to be Riley, right? Because Riley is a stand-in for the normal human being who does not care about or know about these facts. Yes, being like a oh, a, a, what the frick, man? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What is going on in this space? What is going on here? Something about Benjamin Franklin's glasses, the mm-hmm. silence do good letters. Something about the the two di- the three different Eiffel towers and the two yeah, different point, desks. I should have started keeping track of how many audience. Avatar questions mm-hmm. Riley Poole asks, which yeah. a great role that every that many characters and blockbusters of Yon have had to fill, where you just ask the protagonist questions so they can demonstrate their master subject matter expertise. Yeah, and yeah. explain for the audience what the heck is going on. Yeah. and I should have kept a tracker because the amount of times Riley Poole says, "What is this actually mean?" or yeah. "What is this?" or "Who is that?" Right. and asks those kinds of questions is absurd. Yeah, because <laughs> both of his co-stars like understand this stuff and like care yes. about it. There's <laughs> a and, you know, again, like, that's the that's the funny thing about this movie is, like, usually it'd be the tech guy who the other one's like, say it again in English, man. Like, tell me what's, like, actually going on. And, you know, he right. would give some sort of babble. Where, like, in this movie, he's, like, the everyman. Like, the guy who can, like, hack into, like, the security cameras at, you know, the National Archive or whatever. And this is a movie for yeah. English majors to feel mm-hmm. like they're important. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's uh, again, so I think, like, if we are if we are getting into like the Nick Cage of it all, like he is, I I was really impressed like coming back to him after you know years of like Cage, you know, uh, just taking uh, taking his characters in other movies and like trying to imagine that sort of acting here, it, it like doesn't work, you know, um, you know, in one movie he's like a he's he's like he's got range, like and and you know just on this podcast yeah. we've covered. Uh, obviously a comedy, crime comedy with some heart in Raising uh-huh. Arizona. Yeah. A movie about a dying alcoholic in yeah. living Las Vegas. Yeah. And a movie where he plays Two Charlie people. and Donald Kaufman, brother screenwriters, in a very meta comedy adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. So we've barely been gotten to the screaming over-the-top Nick Cage performances, and we could have done a completely separate blend where we looked at only those types of <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. Range. That's the thing is, like, these are, these are very different 
like uh, characters and people and he plays them very differently and like again there are like cageisms but like there is a uh there's there's something about this performance where like that um you know that sort of like odd uh you know like very jowly like you know voice that he has or whatever is turned towards this like uh well um yeah so you know uh I, like the, the the sort of the sort of thing you would expect from like a professorial type um until like he also reveals his like very weird side which is also like professorial but like you know it's like oh and and they would have been hanged and burned and like you know and 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 these like you know these these sorts of like um things that he actually plays is like i think nick cage knows that these things are like socially unacceptable like you know that his character yes. would be like laughed out of a room for saying them or whatever and but he he like plays that to the hilt where it's like okay yeah. this this is a this is a weird guy and he's like enjoying it they're, so they're half-assing having him as a leading man which i think is so interesting yeah and, yeah. and the reason i say that is because you know the, the 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 dressing room changing scene where they have like the music playing in the background and yeah diane kruger and him are both changing and and mm-hmm. And, like, the music, it, it, they're speaking through it and, like, matching gaze over the dressing room separator. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is, like, you, Diane Kruger, I think, is very attractive. And then you see just Nick Cage's, like, black socks, which that's yeah. like the only part of his he's, body yeah. that they show. He's a dweeb. He's a dweeb. He's, like, he's like, like, yeah. Black I, socks equate to all of Yes. I gotta and I, say. Yeah, I, I, my my lovely wife Maddie was watching these movies with me, and, and by that I mean what I was like, "Will you please yeah. watch them with me?" And she's like, "I'm gonna work out this stuff while we do it." And I was like, "That's <laughs> fine." And she kept getting mad because one of the through lines in both of these movies is that Riley Poole has no game, and mm-hmm. women don't like him at all. He's an attractive man. <laughs> she keeps getting mad. He's like, "He's so hot. Why is he not getting like? That's why nice. aren't you showing you any attention?" And yeah. Nicolas Cage. He's he's not an ugly guy, but he's oh. also not like screamingly attractive necessarily by this point in his career. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and it's funny he's he's playing the kind of character who I, I was trying to think of a, a comparison. And Christian, it reminds me of another movie we've covered on this lovely podcast of ours, Moonfall. Where <laughs> in Moonfall is it uh, is it Josh Gad in that movie who's playing the. Why am I already forgetting? But there's you're some... thinking a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's John yeah. Bradley. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Why I thought yeah. it was Josh Gad, but no, John Bradley, yeah. who's yeah. like the complete wackadoodle. The moon is a superstructure. Yeah. Basically, he. I mean, he'd be the hero if he was yeah. a national treasure. That's who this guy is. He's yeah. the weird person who would be a side character in a different movie where the really cool dude gets to be like, no, actually, we're gonna do this thing. But instead. He gets to be the hero in this movie. And Nick Cage sort of gets this guy is weird and doesn't play him too over the top, but doesn't undersell the character either. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty standard in, in some respects for a leading man performance, but it's honestly a better movie because Nick Cage is playing Ben Gates. Right. And and I think I think that's what this movie does again. It's like it's trying to get the like history major or like, you know, liberal arts type or whatever to picture themselves like as this person. Because what what he's got in spades that I don't know that like Riley shows in the movie is this like sense of like nobility and like sacrifice and like I will, you know, uh, I'll stay behind, I'll do this and I'll do that. And it's like, you know, I'll put my body on the line where there's a like I, I think I think the movie is like trying to uh, relate the fact that like 
even if you're like not the most attractive person in the room or you're the most like socially awkward or whatever, your um, your abilities and your like noble spirits, you know, can shine through and like, you know, Diane Kruger is like, you know, like Blowing. clapping, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> and so and so there's there's a there's there's definitely like a, a ton of like wish fulfillment going on there, which, you know, again, like, yeah, it's it is a. And I mean, it mirrors the sort of like wish fulfillment we have about like American history. It's like, I wish that was true. Like, you know, I wish, I wish we were that like noble, you know, city on a hill thing, you know, but it's like, you know, there is, there is, uh, yeah, it's, it's just getting you in. It's, it's hooking you. Uh, So, yeah. A a detail that they tried to sneak past you in the first National Treasure movie, but that I picked up on, of course, about (laughs) Benjamin Gates is that not only is this guy, this wonky historian, but he also went to like Ivy League schools. He went to he, MIT. He got Navy diving. Navy yeah. listed yeah. in the like in the Navy and <clears throat> did the diving program. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like it's like oh, it's very convenient though. Like okay, uh, how do I save the day? Diving exactly. Like, Which literally yeah. it it plays. I mean, it pays yeah. off a couple times in these movies. But in the second movie, there's this moment where he makes the decision to break from the FBI, to go with the bad guys, to mm. stay on the hunt for the treasure. Mm. And involves and no, him. This is in the first one. Yeah, the first one, yes, yeah. yeah. Are we sure it's in the first one? Yeah, yes. when he yeah, dives he, off the Boston Pier? Yes, yeah. Uh, he Yeah, he dives He dives off that aircraft carrier thing. Isn't that in the... Hudson. No, that's, that's the first is, one. See, there, I watched yeah. them on back-to-back days, and it's blending it in my mind. So it's in the first one, but he literally dives off this yeah. aircraft carrier, and then they you know, travel underwater using one of those sort of specialized devices yeah. to yeah. evade the FBI and, and yeah. continue on the hunt. Yeah. It's like, it pays off. It's so funny. He chose door number three. Yeah, he found yeah, that's it. Right. And was that's right. Take it. And Harvey Keitel, boy, was he miffed. He, but he also, lost his man. Tons of respect. He's like, yeah, man, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm Harvey Keitel. I understand. Especially Probably. when at the end of the movie, I was gonna say, worth mentioning this. The end of the movie, you don't need to go to prison if you found a treasure. Yeah. If, if yeah. you are like, no, he's the actual. That's bad how the law guy. works. That of course, is... because Sadeski's he's a Freemason, and it's the Freemasons who hid the treasure yes. in America. Yes. He's got the real. Yeah, yeah. And so of course he he does our guy Ben Gates a solid, and they get yeah. to walk away with the yeah, treasure. Yeah, and I mean, and again, like that's the wish fulfillment. It's right. It's like, what if the law was actually good and like you know rewarded like nobility rather than like you know the strict like okay you did this you gotta do the time you know yeah. that sort of thing. So. When in reality, we probably would have gotten some crazy story that was like local conspiracy theorist like shot 50 times in the back of the head you know it's like, and then I, on yeah. the front page would have been like a local fbi chapter unveils long lost yes. treasure yes <laughs> yes absolutely i don't know man it's yeah but you know and that is that was the sort of like jerry bruckheimer um you know uh sort of theme right was this like um, yeah, the wish fulfillment, the like, you know, wouldn't you like to be the coolest? Wouldn't you like to, you know, be ripped out of your everyday normal life life and like uh, brought into the spotlight? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what happens to Cage in all these Bruckheimer you know, productions. <laughs> it's like, you, no, like you, you are shoved unwillingly into becoming like the coolest hero of all time, you know? And uh, to the point where they like kind of make fun of it in the, you know, uh, unbearable weight of na- of uh, massive talent where like you know in the end like his his like heroics are turned into like this beautiful like movie with like beautiful people and like these waving american flags and stuff yes. um <laughs> 
yeah, it's it is it is a it's a hallmark of I think not only like Bruckheimer but like the time um, that these movies came out. So it, it is yeah. funny how they lead into some other famous Jerry Bruckheimer productions, mm-hmm. the Transformers movies mm-hmm. that he did mm-hmm. with Michael Bay, mm-hmm. which share a lot of similarities with these movies. Obviously. Aimed at a different audience, where Transformers are earning that PG-13 rating, a lot of potty humor, and not, you know... Not, conspiracy not, theories. Yeah, but not yeah. for the kiddos' jokes, but and yeah. bigger action. But, yeah, conspiracy theories come into play in every single movie, where people are yeah. always convinced that the Transformers have been here mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, they have been. Sam Witwicky yeah, is the weirdest central character of a major blockbuster franchise, until, of course, he's replaced <laughs> by Mark Wahlberg playing a mechanic or yeah. whatever, and yeah. Wasn't it Shia LaBeouf at one point? Yes, Shia LaBeouf yeah. is Sam Witwicky, who, yeah. of course, oh, man, his man. grandfather discovered the Megatron on Earth yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so he's trying to clear his grandpa's good name at the beginning of the first movie as part of a high school project. I think we need to look into movie. Jerry Brockheimer's like family history. Like there might be some like really dark stuff there. They're like he's like, nah, it was a it was all a trick. Was a good dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it is funny because I the first Transformers movie I'm pretty sure comes out in 2007 with mm-hmm. National Treasure Book of Secrets and it, obviously we're talking it's it's the one that's most like these movies the other mm-hmm. ones go farther off in other directions especially yeah. in like an action sci-fi direction but yeah it, yeah. it is it's funny to think about because I think Bruckheimer is I mean for all of his flaws and obviously not, his movies don't <clears throat> don't always retain large critical fan bases but he is widely beloved as a, I guess, a populist producer, his mm-hmm. movies all often make tons of money. He's won Oscars in technical categories. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's an important figure in, in American movies throughout the eighties, nineties, two thousands, and yeah. maybe a little bit less of a quote unquote big deal these days. But even so, his stamp is certainly on these movies, yeah. and he, I think he's an interesting creative figure behind the scenes. No offense to John Turtletop, who I'm I'm sure is a, a wonderful right. guy, yeah. but he's yeah. not exactly the most dis- visually distinctive mm-hmm. director. He didn't but write. But he these is movies. good at shooting dialogue. Like I oh, feel like if you yeah. gave him a courtroom scene, he'd be amazing at yeah. it yeah. because the way that he's able to slow everything down, focus in, have the dialogue like hit you in the face. I mean, I I do think that it is impressive and an achievement for everyone to be like, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Not everyone can say it. Most of the time, it's just you know stupid. Mm-hmm. Or a throwaway line, but no, he knows how to focus in on and make all these facts that yeah. are at times just uninteresting yeah. about American history, something that is popping on at you. Yeah. yeah. He, he gives the movies a little bit of zip to him, yeah. which is very yeah. helpful. And the action, I, I will say, in these movies is like really like cool. Like it's it's a, there there are like these set pieces that are like worthy of like James Bond. It's like, oh, no, like, no, they're not. We, no, no, they are. They're not. Are. No, no, they are. No, 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 no. It, it is like Mission Impossible on a budget. <laughs> right. Well, sure. About yeah, maybe yeah, historical. James maybe, Bond too, yes. not just <laughs> Daniel Craig movies. Which but take uh, what, that to what a I'm, new level. yeah, what I'm trying to get at is like, oh, there's this like uh, the floating platform that like we have to figure our way out of. Like you know, here's a here's a puzzle to solve, or like you know, here's here's the like you know puzzle of like. Well, okay, you know, how do we how do we save, you know, a woman out of a moving van and like, you know, how do we uh Diane Kruger know. did that stunt herself. Yeah, and that's really. what I yeah, yeah. And then Get after afterwards she said uh, that she needed to take a break for a week. Blinkwork, <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy stunt. Yeah. In this in this scene there's a chase going on between Ian's crew and, and Ben and Riley who are trying to rescue Abigail mm-hmm. and she ends up swinging out of the back of this van, hanging onto the door. Is yeah. she 
She's not handcuffed, is she? Just got. I uh, yeah, it's something like that. But it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. But so. it's it's definitely an impressive stunt, especially mm-hmm. for someone who's yeah. not a, a trained as a stunt person. So yeah. good yeah. on you, Diane. I I I had a lot more respect uh, for her this time around. Like I, you know, <laughs> but for real, I, I I had forgotten. Like this is like Inglorious Bastards, lady. This is like you know, it's it's a yes. it's it's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's not like a. You know, when when you're younger, I guess you just sort of like see this character is like you know kind of like woman stand-in or whatever but like she brings she brings levels to it and i i like the uh i don't know i like the way that she like pushes back uh you know in ways that you don't see heroines do like you know in movies of that time right Um, she's equally competent to ben gates as as a professor he of course uses her for this but kind of gains her attention by getting her this George Washington campaign button in the first movie. That's a way that they start their their yeah. friendship. Of course, yeah. that turns into treasure hunting partnership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I had something on the tip of my tongue about Diane Kruger. I mean, th- I will ask, maybe in terms of something that hasn't aged particularly well about these movies, what, what do we think about, the? I guess, her role in these movies? And we can add Helen Mirren as well as Emily Gates, the mom mm-hmm. who gets involved in the second movie, because obviously there's very male-centric adventures. And certain other Jerry Bruckheimer productions are more in, in uh, mm-hmm. more looked down upon for the treatment of women, like mm-hmm. the Transformers movies. Yeah. But yeah. obviously, these are very male-centric adventures. I, I did see I, at least one Letterboxd review that did not appreciate the treatment of women in, in at least the second movie. Uh, partially in relationship to Riley and his character, mm-hmm. who's not quite an incel, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, hey, like why don't women girls... like me? Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. really cool. I wrote a book. Yeah. yeah. So. As, as critical as we can get about I think the we also need to films. calm down about using the word incel. If a guy just is doing things to be cool for girls to notice him, that's not being an incel, that's being a dude. Right. That, that's like, yeah. that's, that's like being someone who's horny. That's right. just like, a, a women have done that many, many times. Yeah, he's, he's not uh, violent or anything towards women or abusive. He just complains a lot. He's, he's a dork who's like, why don't girls like me? Despite yeah. the fact that he's yeah. Just a Barth as a good-looking guy. Especially yeah, once they yeah. give him a haircut for the second movie. He looks a lot better. No, I, I, I like his look more in the first one. I won't <laughs> lie. I like the shaggy-looking yep. tech dude. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I like the fact that the people who they are turning to who have all the expertise in the world and mm-hmm. not the helpless aid right. are yeah. the women. And yeah. in, in the fact like the who is capable of deciphering hundreds of year old ancient Native American languages? Oh, mm-hmm. they're uh, his mom, who's the mm-hmm. one of only like few people in the world. The entire yeah. world, yeah. And yeah. at the end of the movie, she's, or she's still talking about how like she's going to make great... Well, not she, like how the... Uh, process of understanding pre-Columbian civilization mm-hmm. as they're like cataloging the treasure. Yeah, all of that. It, it's you know they're shown as people who are passionate about something, and because mm-hmm. of their passion, they're able to use that and leverage that. Mm-hmm. And they have their own like they can do romance, but they're mainly known for what it is that they like to do and where their expertise is. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think these movies, you know, have there been like better female like representation? Oh, yeah, screen? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, and For and sure. it's and it's one of those things where like again, you you do, uh, you know, we we take things as they are, not as how they, we would wish them to be. You know, and I think that with regards to like 
Yeah, I mean, like Transformers was like it, it's. It would be very difficult for me to like bring that you know movie to like a you know a friend and be like, hey, let's watch this together. You know, like <laughs> as, a, as a feminist word. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and it's like it'd be this this uh, yeah this does have like women with like you know good points to make. Uh, you know, with with like a a like decent amount of like um, expertise and agency and things like that. So um, I you know I'm not gonna like stand up and applaud. You know, <laughs> but like it's it is it is at least not like the most embarrassing thing yeah. you know that uh comes out of that time period what's fun about ben gates and abigail chase's dynamic is that they're kind of two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. yeah. where they are both as fanatically obsessed with american history as the other it's just that ben has gone quote-unquote conspiracy theory because of course it's all real mm -hmm. but yeah. and then abigail has gone academic and professor track and so of course she gets embroiled in the whole thing because she's trying to protect the declaration after yeah. it's been stolen which yeah. is yeah. an admittedly brave thing to do yeah yeah and and there's and you know and again like when presented with evidence that these things exist she's like yeah i'm on board yeah let's go right and you know the and and the second movie even like hones in on like oh these people broke up like because they are two like strong personalities who like have you know had like their disagreements and like you know he's the one who gets kicked out of the house you know it's like there's a there's a there's a um you know where again like lesser female representations are like yes sir you know like this is this is like no like you have to you have to change or, um, or would have not had her in the sequel yeah, yeah and they would have just kept going with right find some a, yeah. find the new hotness you know to like you know be like yeah benjamin gates yeah yeah some actress so, who's like 19 yeah. going on 20 you know yeah, yeah. forced into being the sidekick <laughs> for some reason yeah i will say have you guys seen the mummy movies mm -hmm. Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yes yes i have so one thing I really like the not first the Tom Cruise movie one? there not the Tom Cruise one no I, I've only seen The Mummy and The Mummy Returns but I'm bringing them up because of the dynamic between Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz's characters in those mm -hmm. movies or these sim similar style big globetrotting adventure mm -hmm. yeah and, and, but they, of course, fall for each other over the course of the first movie. Mm -hmm. And there's something I really like about the second movie is that despite its many flaws, again, I think it's a, a lesser movie for a variety of reasons, but mm -hmm. one thing that works in its favor is they're a married couple who stays married from movie to movie mm -hmm. and actually have not fallen remotely out of love by the time mm -hmm. the second movie rolls around. There's a yeah. lot, there's much ado at the beginning of the movie about how their their son thinks they're like, ew, mom and dad, you mm -hmm. guys are kissing mm -hmm. too yeah. much. That's yeah. a, a thing in that movie. Yeah, And I think it actually saves space for other stuff that's going on. There's not mm -hmm. lame conflict where you know they're going to get together again by the end of the movie. They actually yeah. just focus on that relationship and allow it to continue to grow. Yeah. So that's, that is one thing where I don't always like when franchise entertainment does this, where it kind mm -hmm. of forces the conflict between the two main characters, because I think you can do that within the confines of them staying together if you want them to stay together, of yeah. course. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a nitpick, but as, yeah. as far as yeah. these movies, these types of movies have handled romantic entanglements, I mean, you look at Indiana Jones, where we have Marion in the first movie, and then he goes back in time, different lady in the second movie, mm -hmm. and then different lady in Last Crusade, which, yeah. is there a lady in Last Crusade? Mm, or is nah, he just pounding around? No, there is. Yeah, there's, yeah. And a, 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 dying, a dying Kruger type, actually. So, That's right. uh, German lady. Yes, right? and then Marion comes back for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, obviously, yeah. even the archetype for many of these movies, Indiana Jones yeah. has yeah. a different track record with female characters, yeah. too. So. What can you do? I, th I think Diane Kruger acquits herself quite well in these mm -hmm. movies, and it's a, a weird shame that she didn't really 
soar much farther outside of Inglorious Bastards than these two movies that yeah. have no clue what she does with her life. She's, yeah. I mean, she's still acting. She's in a few movies that are that have come out over the last few years. She's been in some but, foreign flicks also. Right. She, of course, not an American-born actress, European mm. actress, and so yeah. she has done films in, I believe, French and possibly German, which I, I don't know if that's true, so yeah, check yeah. me on that, listeners. That makes but, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, all right, a couple of just sort of, uh, we'll go, we'll go lightning around here, questions about the National Treasure movies. I gotta ask, who do we prefer as, as villains go? Do we prefer Sean Bean and his crew in the first movie, or Ed Harris and Sean oh, Bean? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... Confederate Soldiers I, I, of in, Fortune. In a, in a, in a podcast, like, you know, uh, <laughs> where you guys are always, like, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know able to be adversarial with each other i think we can all agree like sean bean right yeah, like definitely oh my gosh like doesn't have a vision no no his his character is like uh, revealed in like the you know last five seconds of his life is like i want to you know be known be, be for re- this. remain and it's like and it's like why <laughs> which which again like i i think uh i think could have been handled better if he was like Oh my! My grandfather like also killed killed Lincoln. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> the it's whole like, movie kicks off because at the beginning Ben Gates after of course we see the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Gates is giving a lecture at some university I assume. Yeah, and Ed Harris is kicking his feet up in the yeah. back row and he's like, yeah. I have yeah. this long lost picture right, from yeah. or page my from Lewis Journal. My, my grandpappy, <laughs> and it implicates. Thomas or Ben Gates's grandfather but in the Harvey conspiracy. Harvey Keitel has the perfect response to this, <laughs> which we don't get to. Which is why did he wait so long to yeah, do it? Yeah. Right, it feels like at least a couple of years have passed since they yeah. found the yeah. first treasure. But yeah. no, this is and, the moment. And at the end of the movie, Harris is uh, he he gets to Ben and, and essentially tells him, "I only did that knowing it was untrue to get you in on the chase." Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, "What? How proof did, did you, you know need that this?" guy needed convincing (laughs) yeah it's like well hey actually uh i heard about this like indian city of gold like you want to find it yes yes i do he would have been like what do i have to do (laughs) who do i have to kill (laughs) what do i have to steal yeah like there's no way that this guy would have needed any more convincing and honestly i think there, there's something there and that there could have been this tension between you have Patrick Gates which mm-hmm. is John Voight his father yeah. and, and you have Abigail Chase and they're competing obviously desires for mm-hmm. Ben to be healthy and well and mm-hmm. for their relationships to thrive and there could have been a completely separate movie about him yeah. getting in on this wacky journey and yeah. implicating them all in it as well and there could have been drama and tension mm-hmm. but of course we have but this he ha- no 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 but his family name though yes, it's all about the family yeah. name yes. we, uh, yeah so uh, like so, uh, have you guys seen The Rock? Um, I yeah. regrettably yes. have not seen yeah. The Rock. So Ed Harris also plays Ed Harris also plays like the opposite number in that film, and is like a much more like interesting like villain, and and plays like a very uh, like his his uh, his demeanor in this film. I think was he just wasn't given enough to do, you know? Um, I agree there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, seeing him play opposite Cage before, like, there is a... There's... I, I wonder even if that's, like, why he was cast, you know? It's just like, oh, we've we've seen this before. It worked before, yeah. you know? The Rock also yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer produced, um, yeah. and although Michael Bay directed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Ed Harris is wasted, and it's just but, essentially, yeah. like, another villain with a crew of nameless... Like yeah, well, not many characters so. here are used to their fullest potential, except yeah. for Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Right. Well, what I so so 
like not to say like ed harris is like the worst villain you know because like I, sean bean like actually i think in the first movie like sets a really high bar because he is like he's he is a complete pragmatist uh he is he is not like he's, he's not, not an idealist no 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 <laughs> he wants the money like it's yes. it's Doesn't really care about american dude, history yeah no. yeah he is i mean he's he's a he's a very intelligent guy like he's respected for his intelligence he has a like um, he has these skills and abilities that make him formidable. And he's like, listen, I'll let you go if, like, you do these things for me. Like, you know, there is a, uh, he, he definitely, like, it's, I, I don't, like, admire the way he gets things done. But, like, I think that there's a... It's a good contrast to Nicolas yeah, Cage. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, like, he's, because where Nicolas Cage is, like, an idealist and, like, does have this, like, you know, starry-eyed vision of, like, what all this means or whatever, actually, like, turns down the reward in the end because he, like, respects it so much. <laughs> where, like, you know, Sean Bean is his opposite number who just, like... He, he knows all the same stuff. He does all the, you know, he, he's, he's capable of all the same things, but like, is like totally lacking idealism. Like is totally just like, I, you know, I will take you like as far as I need you to go in order to like, you know, serve as like my treasure finding tool. Right. To um, get the money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in fact is like willing to like be like totally cool with people. Like the reason he like, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, starts killing people at the end is like the, uh, it's like in service of getting the treasure. Like the like you know, he lets his dude like fall down, you know, a giant pit. He like Shaw. You know, yeah, Going yeah, out yeah. For Shaw. Yeah, but he's like he's like I mean he says, like, do you think I care about your guys' lives like any more than I do about like Shaw's or whatever? Like right. he's like, I I am using you. Like and you know, he's Good always Yeah, and he's always using them like the the metaphor of poker is brought up all the time of just like he's using them as leverage and he's using them to like uh, create a status quo that is advantageous to him. Yeah. And that's, like, how they beat him at the end, is they, like, convince him that, like, There's actually... More clues. Yeah, There's more clues. Yeah, exactly. And it's, no. like, it's like, like let us, uh, you know, let us give you what you think is your greatest strength, which is, like, leverage. Um, and using that to, like, leave them alone in a cave where, like, they actually find the treasure. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. But as, as much as he's not an idealist, he mm. does have a firm belief that this treasure exists somewhere. Yeah. Whereas I do think some other people would have at some... Like, I, I, if I had gone down to that tunnel and found mm. nothing and believed that there was nothing, I would have been like, all right, let's cut our losses. Yeah. Let's, let's just leave. <laughs> Again, it's the poker thing. It's like, he's he is he's making a big bet. He's like, playing he's, the long game. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I invested in you, Nick Cage. Like, I, I have... Uh, I believed in you and no one else would because like that's how I play you know yeah. I I am uh, you know I'm in for the big haul and like yeah so Ugh, it's wild in terms of other key side characters there's not too many <laughs> but I gotta yeah. say like my guy Bruce Greenwood in National mm -hmm. Treasure Book of Secrets uh -huh. he's playing uh, USA president yes yeah you could have just called him President Greenwood President no. Smith but no just USA, USA president yeah, yeah and chalk him up with high-ranking government officials who would should totally get this guy in trouble but mm -hmm. do not at the yeah. end yeah <laughs> and he's also secretly like a you know secret keeper or whatever like it's sort of a Templar kind of you know that's, Harvey type that's type right uh, of course yeah. we haven't even mentioned it's the book of secrets in the second movie and he tells mm -hmm. Nick Cage look at page 47 and right. of course that's the sequel tease that we yeah. never got so yeah. My final question for you here as we wrap up our National Treasure discussion, mm -hmm. are the two of you invested in the future of National Treasure? Because for many years, they've been talking about National Treasure 3, will mm -hmm. it happen or won't? They've been saying they need a great story to tell for it, and I mm -hmm. and I said to myself, are you certain? <laughs> because mm -hmm. yeah. so far, you know, we, we've done all right with what we've gotten, but... Right. <laughs> 
There is allegedly national a third National Treasure movie in the works, and there is definitely a National Treasure TV show Correct. in the works that's yeah. going to be coming to Disney Plus. Yes, and there is going to be some notable people in it. But to me, most notably, Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah. who has not yeah. really been acting regularly over the last few years. Right. Coming not out like to... not like involved with the original National Treasure, right? Or whatever. He's going to yeah. be in yeah. this movie, and it'll yeah. focus on a Hispanic lead mm-hmm. character, a Latina American character, uh, a dreamer and, actually. Uh, there you go, yeah. a dreamer. Yeah, yeah. So. and. Yeah. It'll be written by the Wibberleys, who, who obviously wrote these movies. So, just as our final kind of, you know, I was as we wrap this conversation up, are you guys going to be watching that show? Are, are you invested? Because I got to say, I think I might be, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know yet. We'll have to see. I, you know, I I would tune in, like, to, you know, see the first, like, you know, episode, see where it goes. Um, I think that, like, there have been, like... I've definitely, like, had a lot of misses recently with, like, a lot of, you know, Disney, like, oh, like, let's make a show, uh, you know, following this side character or that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've been a little bit disappointed with that recently. Um, but there have also been, like, you know, really solid uh, entries um, that, like, I don't know, I think, uh, yeah, I've been down on, like, some of the Marvel shows. I've been down on, like, I think The Mandalorian was fun. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends on the execution, honestly. And I think that the... Um, I, I like the twist of, like, having a dreamer, like, who is, uh, like, possibly, like, able to look at these things without, like, the rose-colored glasses. Yes. Um, and is able to, like, you know, uh, maybe uh, view history as, like, you know, more of what it is than what we would want it to be. So, yeah. How about you, Christian? I, the, the, the only Disney Plus show I've cared about all about well i I liked falcon winter soldier mm-hmm. I, I liked loki yeah the only I, I didn't really care about looking forward to them though mm-hmm. I, I look forward to obi-wan kenobi yeah. that's the one that i'm like gunning for right um other yeah. than that no yeah if you tell me to watch it i won't and <laughs> if it's it, it, it i i mean the the, yeah. the 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 only show that i like have waited to, to watch in the past couple of years is Barry, which is currently airing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I and, and this is not Barry. And so, yeah. 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 to say. Well, and, and, and the, the, the craziest thing about that show to me is I, I don't think... About Nick Barry? Is, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> if Nick Cage is in Barry, um, as the acting teacher. Oh, my. That, yes. oh, uh, the, that would be good. Henry um, Winkler's great, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, the craziest thing to me is I, I don't think Nick Cage is in the show, uh, the, which... That's his thing now. Is like I'll do anything for like a paycheck. You know, it's like I mean, he won't do TV. Well, you see, he's, with, he's really? not going to do TV. Interesting. He's I, actually said that because there's a TV show, he doesn't think he would sign on for a movie. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That I, is. He yeah. also apparently in the in the press for unbearable weight of massive talent was saying he's going to try to be more choosy with his projects at this mm. phase of his life because he's paid off his debts. Right. I believe that's what all those paycheck jobs yes. were about. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Nick Cage. Alas, yeah. we won't be seeing him on Disney Plus anytime soon, outside of National Treasure, perhaps. But mm-hmm. that wraps it up for oh, our gosh. National Treasure yeah. uh, conversation here. 
Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you. Want to ask, as per usual, if you have anything to uh, to hawk here for the listeners of the show, anything to push oh, right man. now that's uh, public and available for consumption. I tell you what, I you know last time I was on here, I gave a sort of like George R. R. Martin, like oh, it's going to be done in like you know a month, <laughs> you know, sort of thing about a book that I was writing. So uh, just you know, uh, I don't know, just uh, subscribe to like Authors Dozen or wherever you can find me online. I will let you guys know when these things come out. Yes. Yeah, so um, what is your website, if you don't mind? Uh, just uh, authorsdozen.com. Can you know you can find all my stuff there. Um, but uh, yeah, I as for as for like hawking, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just uh, excited about uh, you know coming out with some new work. Um, this I, I think I think for fans of like you know Nick Cage over the topness. Um, I, I think I think they would enjoy my writing. I, I, <laughs> there's there is a there is a uh, there is a a lack of regard for um, what's good uh, that I think that I think you're, uh, people... a, you're a good writer. Yes, Paul. you are a very strong writer. <laughs> I will say the author's doesn't just project. like but just like Nick and Cage. If I didn't believe a, that, I would stay silent. Just like Nick Cage <laughs> is a very good actor, and we don't agree with everything he does. It, there so, you go. There yes, you go. yes. The the author's doesn't. <laughs> project did follow Paul through the was it 2020 it was yes through the year yeah. 2020 which conveniently timed on your part unintentionally mm-hmm. as he wrote a book a month in an attempt to what was it was it stretch the bounds of creativity is that yes what said? again like Nick Cage just anything <laughs> that came to mind like anything yes. I could show up but for. you, you yeah. did authors doesn't revisit it uh that's true I did a revision thing so yeah there will be more coming out. That's yes. that's. I don't want to waste everybody's time. So, yeah. With, yeah. We, we yeah. can't say Paul, our buddy, is author of sci-fi and fantasy novels. Mm. Check out the author's dozen podcasts as he talks through the writing process, some of his own personal process, the books that he's writing. And Christian and myself actually made appearances on that show mm-hmm. near the end of it as we were helping him read through some of these unfinished yeah. novels and provide some, some feedback. Yeah. So check yeah. it out. It's a good listen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, Paul. And, of Thank course, you. that is our show. We Yay. are, of course, here in your inboxes every Friday. I just realized a minute ago that we're going to have to be competing with the drop of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. So, mm. thanks for being here, listeners. Choose Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Choose Obi-Wan Kenobi. If, you, if you've paused from having an Obi-Wan binge fest, you I guess it might just be one right episode now. at a time. So, yeah. we're not going to be binging too hard there. But if you've paused from watching Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan to hang out with us, thank you so much for that we love watching these movies and sharing our discussions. It means a lot that there's folks out there listening. Mm. There are a few things you can do to support the show. Of course, please do subscribe wherever wait, 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 you get your wait. podcasts. We, there's a next week. There is a next week. I, I, I was getting ahead of myself into, into yeah. the outro. So subscribe where you get your podcasts because next week we're kicking off a new blend of the month as we do every month here on the Cinema Drip Podcast. Just like a cafe has as rotating seasonal blends, Christian and myself got seasonal. They, if they're blends. if they're at this point, they know what the format is. I think <laughs> we can move on to what we're doing next I just, week. I just like adding a yeah. little flavor, Christian. Yeah. But of course, I got to guide us through the Nicolas Cage Greatest Hits month. But Christian is going to guide us through June. And good grief, I'm excited. So, Christian, what have we got coming up? We're doing Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie collaborations, and we are starting off with Top Gun Maverick, which was not directed by Christopher McQuarrie, but was co-written by him. And so we're going to be looking at three different collaborations of him throughout the month, and we're ending in a special episode. That's right. We, I, uh, we, we'll get to that as we get through the month, but 
I'm so excited. Paul, what were we going to say? Sorry for no, I just, it was surprising to me that a pair of aviators just spontaneously burst onto my face. I... <laughs> oh, I've got a bomber jacket on that came from nowhere. Why are we on motorcycles? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> especially since you're naked, you know? <laughs> Man. Uh, Paul, you can be our wingman anytime here yeah. on the Cinema Drip Podcast. <laughs> but, oh man, I'm excited about this. Uh, Paul and I actually got to see the OG Top Gun in mm. theaters while mm. Christian was working at that movie theater. So it was a good time. And, yeah. and now hopefully we'll get to see Top Gun Maverick together. And I'm just going to be battling and rambling on the show next week because I'm so excited about yes. this. If there are sex scenes, I hope that these sex scenes are better than the Top Gun sex scenes. The Top Gun sex scenes are not good. I deeply and earnestly hope they are worse. <laughs> I need to know that, that Pete Mitchell has not improved his sexual prowess in 40 years. It was oh so bad! You guys are you guys are exiting the cage and going immediately into the danger zone. The, I can't, I can't into the danger zone. This is incredible. All right, well, hey, I'm, so I'm count me in, count me in. So right. next week on the show, if you subscribe, it'll be in your podcatcher on Friday. We're talking Tomkin Maverick. It's gonna be great. Mm. If you can, as you as we do get back to uh, the outro here, please do drop us a rating or a review wherever you can. If your podcatcher allows, we appreciate it. it helps us grow and reach new listeners and we do always thank the folks who do take the time to write a review uh we appreciate you very much you can also if you'd like to be shouted out on the show send us an email to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com we do appreciate all the listener feedback that we get there our guy braxton cody recently won our contest for the month of april mm-hmm. our guy paul gonzalez we've we've two notable paul friends <laughs> of the show sorry paul yoder but our guy Paul Gonzalez gives us ideas for Blends of the Month all the time, and he's given us a good one, which was uh, walking through a whole series or a trilogy of movies throughout the Blend of the Month, which I think could be could be fun as we consider different ideas for that. So thanks for that, Paul. If you want your ideas to be considered, again, the email is cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and Paul, where are you on the social medias if people were to check out your work and want to give you a follow? Yeah, I'm uh, both that. I am Paul Yoder on all platforms and Authors Dozen on all platforms. So, And of course, uh, Christian and myself and Paul, but I don't think you use Letterboxd very often. We are on Letterboxd where you can check out the, the ratings and reviews that we leave. Christian's review for Top Gun made me smile, even if I thought he gave it way too few stars. It was a good, uh, good one to read. So check out Letterboxd there where you can follow along as we watch movies. Would love to follow along with listeners of the show and see we are watching as well christian any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home yes paul gonzalez i know you're out there well i'll you you can come in for one of the weeks in june i just feel so bad that we haven't chosen any of your blends for a while come, come, yeah come on well, i mean to be fair he, is he the only listener who's gotten a blend of the month on the show because he gave us magic may last year in, in 2021 so he, he might mean he might be like the head honcho as in terms of listener submissions and the thing is is that if we were like a lesser podcast i'd make fun of how few listeners but we keep crossing milestones of people mm-hmm. listening to our mm-hmm. podcast so Thanks, I, y'all. I don't know how many people actually listen yeah yeah statistics are hard when it comes to to podcasting but we do thank you for listening if you're out there and until next time when we get in the cockpit and ride right into the danger zone i'm scott He's Christian, that's Paul, and this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.